but like that's the scene you decided to cut out there's some some scripted lines in here that are just vulgar Mm -hmm. and you can leave her head spinning around backwards but that's the scene you want to cut out like seriously Something creepy on the silver screen A feeling paranormal and a eerie scream When you get the creepy crawlies and you hold your breath Cause right around the corner is the fear of death A couple K&T's talking ghosts and ghouls Where the slashes never stop and there are no rules If you're looking for the haunts to make you crave seclusion It's time to settle in, this is Grim Conclusions All right, welcome to the podcast. I'm Kanan. I'm Tina. You guys should know us by now. It's been a few episodes. One would hope, but we have an old movie for you today. This movie is actually one that scared my mom off of scary movies. She refuses to watch them since this one came out. But Mm -hmm. before we get into that, we have a new segment that we will be rotating every other episode with called do or die and in this episode it's kind of like would you rather questions but more with a horror movie focus that i feel like nobody has really thought of in that sense so tina for the first one of do or die would you rather be stalked by freddy krueger or michael myers hmm that's kind of a hard one because they're totally opposites like during the day you could be stalked by Malcolm Myers, but like in your dreams, Freddy Krueger comes. So, oh, uh, I you know I value sleep a lot though. Like I I'm a solid seven to eight hours every single night. Have to plus naps. So I think that I would have to have being stalked by Michael Myers. Okay, um, I think I would rather be stalked by Michael Myers as well. But that is simply because, I mean, Freddy Krueger still stalks you whenever because it happens during the day too it's just like but like he messes it's mainly with you. when you're sleeping but that's the thing is it, he messes with you so much to the point where you can't get sleep and then you start hallucinating i know and you start thinking you're in why, dreams that's why i would want i know that's I why i wouldn't I'm, want that because i need my sleep right so and i would not that's why i'm going with it as well but yeah. i'm just saying it could happen during the day or night so it's just like i guess i feel like it would just suck never knowing if you're in the real reality or if you're dreaming and you're always feeling haunted and watched and that's just too much for but me. at the same time if you're getting stalked by michael myers like would you sleep anyway probably not i so... mean but you can take that that chance because like if you can find a solid hiding space or you feel more safe in an area then you might doze off whereas freddy Krueger, you're not even safe dozing off like you're screwed no matter what that's true so I'm definitely I'm gonna going to rather be stuck. Yep, Michael Myers is definitely the choice. All Let right. us know what you guys think, though. Who would you rather have stock you? We'll do two more of these for this episode. The next one is if you were in the real-life version of Stephen King's It, would you rather face Pennywise as a child or as an adult? Hmm. 
like myself, like I'm a child or an adult? Yes, that would be the question I just <laughs> asked. <laughs> I thought you meant Pennywise, but as a child or adult. No, that'd be easy. He's been the same in both movies. I guess. I feel like probably a child. Why? I feel like as a child, you're a lot more naive and innocent and you just kind of go with things. Like children are a lot less fearful. Um in some ways. And so if there's like a clown pretending to be nice to him and like wants to play with him, like it's a lot more inviting to a kid. Whereas like as an adult, like you would automatically think that's weird as you've gotten older and seen the world differently. Like, I mean, but I don't either, know. I feel like a kid would be. Either way, Pennywise is going to be more than just a goofy clown. Like, well, he's... yeah, but as a child, like you'll be more willing to like, you'll be more interested. More interested to like fight him and like get rid of him as a kid i guess i'm or... i don't understand the question reread it so like if you were in it and you had to take down pennywise as would you so rather you do wanna... it as a child or as an adult because there's the two films and so we're trying to kill him i mean you're trying to get rid of him so he doesn't kill you well then i guess you would want it your adult experience i guess i just thought you meant like be introduced to pennywise no, no. Okay, maybe I'd go, I'd switch, I'd go with an adult. <laughs> All right, final answer. Yeah, but you didn't answer. So I would definitely do the adult version of myself because I feel like I would have less fears about the things that he tries to mess with you with. And I don't know, I feel like I would expect more. Whereas a kid, I feel like I had a lot more hesitancy and irrational fears when I was younger. So I just feel like I'd be able to hand more of his tactics and tricks, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I'd definitely pick an adult. All right. Would you rather be abducted by aliens or chased by a serial killer? I mean, I've had dreams being chased by a serial killer. It's not fun. I would, I would say aliens. Why? Because there's so much to learn about them. See, now you're going to have a dream about getting abducted by an alien. Maybe, and I'll let you know what, what happens. <laughs> Maybe I'll learn something. No, there's so many things with aliens that if they're real, we don't even know and understand. And they yeah, have different technologies. Yeah, but you'd be able to get to go to space. Maybe, or the aliens could come here and... And then take you on their spaceship. But and who then said they're bling. taking you? What if they're just, you know, planting baby aliens inside of you? Again, I learned something new. Nah, I'm not messing with that. I'll take the serial killer. Uh, I feel like at least we kind of know what's going on with that situation and maybe how to stop him. And you don't know if like, what if aliens are actually immune to like the weapons that we have here on Earth? Like, I'll take my chances with someone that I know is at least a human and can be... Maybe it's a serial killer that's an alien appearing to be human. See, that wasn't the question, so it's but not. But <laughs> it's a possibility. All right. So we'll do some more of these uh, every other episode. But if you have some ideas of different would-you-rathers on the scary movie side that you could send our way, feel free to do so. But now, Or answer these questions, too. Yeah. But now it's time too. to get to the film that we still haven't introduced yet, which is the exorcist a very old old movie i mean it's 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 a little dated but if you want the official synopsis feel free to look down in the notes of the episode and we'll have it there for you instead of reading 
that plus our take. Kanan, why don't you give us a breakdown of what the movie's about? Sure. So the movie centers around Chris McNeil, who is an actress. She has a daughter named Regan, and they are working in. She's working in the Georgetown area, which is near Washington D.C. As she's out there, you kind of get to know a little bit more about their family life and. You find out that Regan's home alone a lot because her mom is working as an actress. Well, she finds out that her daughter has been playing with a Ouija board and has met somebody named Captain Howdy. And from there, things escalate really quickly. And Regan is possessed by a demon and no doctors nor psychiatrists can really fully diagnose what is going on with Regan. And Chris just wants her daughter back. So she goes to extreme lengths to get her daughter back. And from there, they call in an exorcist, which the movie is named after. And we can dive more into that as we go on. Sounds good. So, Tina, overall, how did you feel about the movie? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? What are your thoughts? You know, for its time, how old is this movie? It is from 1973. Okay, so this is a really, really old movie, you guys. I think for its time, it was pretty good. I mean, let's let's not go really, really old, because I feel like some people that listen might have been born around that That's time. That's so. that was a little extreme. Sorry, listeners. Just compared to like the movies coming out now, it just has a very different, you know, feel. It, it doesn't have the special effects that you right. see nowadays. and But for its time, you could definitely tell that this was something that probably scared the living crap out. out of people. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, I mean, I, I wasn't scared a lot of the movie. I wasn't, you know, obviously, like it wasn't the best movie, but uh, overall, I thought it was okay, like... I still enjoyed it. I mean, you you take into account the time period that it was made in, and then you kind of watch it through that lens. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was a good movie. I think that for its time, I can see why people got scared from it. But watching it now, you kind of laugh at some of the things just because mm-hmm. it is so like absurd, or it just looks weird or tacky at mm-hmm. certain points, uh, which we can talk about as we go on. But moving forward, would you recommend the movie? I still would. I think it's, you know, when when we talk about scary movies, like, we plan on talking about scary movies from, like, the classics to really old scary movies, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, all that stuff, up until the more current movies coming out today, and I still, I think, like, there's still good elements that come with, like, an old scary movie, so... I I would recommend it. I agree. I think that you definitely have to kind of appreciate the better ones from... uh, From the older ones. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, like, you won't really see how we've gotten to what we've gotten to today. Mm -hmm. But then also recognizing at its time, like, kind of putting yourself back into that, that time period and just thinking, like, yeah, they didn't have crazy special effects at this point. This was all, like... It's just wild. And then you kind of, once you're in that zone, like there were parts of this movie that I was like, yeah, that would have, that would have messed me up. I would have been like having bad dreams mm-hmm. about that when I was well, younger. Well, and to think like the effects that did take place in the movie were probably all manually made. It wasn't computer generated. Right, it's not digital or anything. Yeah, so they had to come up with all that stuff on their own, which like you learn to appreciate that uniqueness as well. For sure. I agree 100%. And I think it's definitely one that you have to... Being a fan of the genre, if you're trying to 
get involved in more scary movies and kind of have that appreciation, you have to check this one out Mm because it's just like, it's definitely one of the staples, I would say. Yeah. So then rating one to 10, how would you rate it for its storyline? Storyline, I would say, oh gosh, maybe, I don't know, three, three, four. Dang, how come? Because it was just kind of super generic in the storyline, like, but you got to think, this is like the first of its time, so it wasn't generic. For was... them, yeah. But for us, who have now seen what can happen in a scary movie, I don't know. I I think that it's... I'm sticking with a three or four. Wow. Okay, well, I'm going to go with a six or a seven. We'll go six and a half, I guess. That's a big number. But it's mainly because I'm taking myself back. Like, you can't really compare it to Saw or The Conjuring or something right now because those things, we have new technology. We have, so like, I'm trying to just put myself back and think of like how I would rate it overall for its time period. And like, storyline wise, it still has a good story. The concept of it is good. The reason it's lower for me is because it's one of the flaws that I'll talk about later, but it's uh, just how much it jumps around. And, like, there's so many, like, key things that are missed, I think, and that could be expanded upon. So Mm -hmm. that was why it was lower for me. But I think it's definitely better than a three. Because, like, a three would be saying that the story for this was worse than the story for our first episode. And I just don't think that's true. Yeah, that's true. I guess you're right. I I don't know if I want to change my answer just because I'm listening to you. But (laughs) maybe I'll give it a five. For its time, I'll give it a five. All right, so then moving to scary, horror, eerie, jumping, uh, what would you give it one to ten? Okay, that one I have to say one. (laughs) I will give it a three for the eeriness and things like that. Again, just looking at its its time period, it was probably way higher back then. Back in when it came out in 1973, it was probably at like an eight or a nine. I'm sure, but right now. But for now. I'm I, saying one. Yeah, and I, I'll give it a three just because there are some things that are like creepy. Even some of the, the scripted lines that Regan's possessed character says, that alone is just kind of gross and creepy. Well, yeah. But then the scene where her head just spins completely around, like that gives you the willies no matter what decade <laughs> it is. Like it's just gross. So, I'll give it some some points still even though definitely since it is dated, you don't feel as scared or creeped out. And for its time, it's not like they really did many jump scares for things like that. It was more mm-hmm. about the creepiness and whatnot. So, Okay. <laughs> So then I guess it's time. If you haven't seen the movie, make sure to check it out. But we're going to move into the more detailed section. So here's your spoiler warning. And we're going to move into our first segment, which is known as the bitching hour. Oh, bitch, bitch, bitch. So as you do know, if you've listened to our previous episodes, this is where we're going to talk about the flaws that we found within the movie. Tina, what are the flaws that stood out to you the most in this one? For me, I did not like the beginning part. I guess I just didn't understand where like the beginning part of the movie 
connected to the rest of the movie. You're talking about when it opens in like Iraq and you have yeah. uh, Marin who's kind of like excavating and helping right, out. Which we out. learn later he was a pastor. He's actually the one who is going to be performing the exorcist with the other pastor. pastor. Yeah, you're struggling with that word. Sorry. <laughs> Always do. With um, the pastor that is also the psychiatrist in the movie. He's the pastor that's running the local church in the neighborhood. And so they perform the exorcist. You find out that Marin was in Iraq and performed an exorcist. Exorcism, babe. Exorcism, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Exorcism for like months, they said. No, it's even longer than that. They said that like it hasn't been done in years and that the only person with experience that has done it that they know of is Marin and that's why they brought him in. But they said in the movie that... In Iraq, he performed an exorcism that took months long, and oh, it almost killed long. him. Yeah. So they know that this guy is the guy to do it. Anyway, that's really all you know about the stuff in the beginning that happened in Iraq. Like you find out later, but in the beginning, it's just a bunch of people mining for things. Like you don't really understand why that took place. Right. I think the main focus of the beginning was introducing that like statue that he comes across. But that, they really didn't explain that either. But then it shows that statue when he's doing the second exorcism on Regan. It shows that. And so I, I think that was like a shout out to like that was the demon sort of thing. I but guess, I agree but it that just didn't, it no, didn't mesh well together. I agree 100%. I think the opening of the movie, it really puts you in a weird spot and it doesn't really prep you for what the actual movie is about. It feels like you're watching like a documentary of like excavating mm-hmm. and then... um. Then all of a sudden it turns to Georgetown and you never really see or hear about Iraq besides that very brief thing that you brought up as well. So I agree 100% that that was super weird and kind of a flaw that was unnecessary. They probably could have introduced that in a different way. Mm-hmm. Do you have any others that stood out or you want me to jump to mine? I mean, not really big ones. I mean, it is an older movie, so it's going to be a little bit cheesier. I don't know if I would count that as a flaw or more just like... Right, we can't really... You know, we can't judge that for it being, you know, 30, 40 years old. Right. No, I agree. Um, the thing that was the biggest flaw for me was just the random jumps that it would take sometimes. Like, first you're introduced to Regan and she talks about the Ouija board and Captain Howdy. And then it, it like jumps to a further point in the movie where it feels like you'd think it was like the next day or something, but it's like weeks later or a month later. I don't know. It's And it doesn't tell you what it is. It's just a jump. And then based on how they're talking to each other, you figure, oh, it's a lot further than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that happens a lot. And so it's That's easy true. to get kind of lost in where they're at in you the time. You have a hard time focusing on what. Right, because you're trying to mentally piece together, like, okay, how much time has passed, or what has happened, or, like, Mm -hmm. it's just a lot of, like, kind of mental hula hoops you're jumping through, and so that was my biggest flaw, and then there was also, like, random jumps where it just felt unnecessary, like, when Father Karras goes to visit his mom in the psych ward, and he finds out that she's there. And then all of a sudden, once she's crying and she says she doesn't want to be there and he says he's going to get her out, then all of a sudden it jumps ahead and he's like boxing in a gym and he's just like pissed off and boxing and then come to find out and it jumps to another scene. But then like you come to find out like it's been a long time and 
his mother passed away. That's true. And, like, they never really say that she passed away until way, way right. later. So it's just like, it just jumps so far ahead and it's so choppy. Mm-hmm. That was the hardest thing for me to enjoy. I feel like I was just like trying to think of how much time has passed between scenes to try mm-hmm. to keep up with it. One thing I don't like that they did in this film for future streams like what we just went through is they cut out the scene where she does like the spider down the stairs and then like sticks her tongue out and it's like a super creepy scene that i know affected a lot of people when they originally watched it Mm -hmm. but like that's the scene you decided to cut out there's some some scripted lines in here that are just vulgar Mm -hmm. and you can leave her head spinning around backwards but that's the scene you want to cut out like seriously Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'll I'll leave that at that and move on, but it was just kind of baffling to me. Yeah. I agreed with you that the opening in Iraq was just a weird tone to start with. And then, yeah, so then the two other things that I had was just like especially with Regan being the main focus and being kind of the the antagonist so to speak that she was possessed by this demon. It goes from her being like all fine and dandy to just straight up tripping real fast. <laughs> And so, like, that was a hard thing for me as well because it... You wanted it to develop more. Right. I wanted to either learn more about her messing with this Ouija board and talking with Captain Howdy or whatever and that being introduced more and you understanding that development and that problem more Mm -hmm. as opposed to, yeah, we explained it by telling you she messed with this and Captain Howdy and now she's possessed and things are slowly starting to happen. Like, that just felt like a huge jump of... Yeah. Skipping things. That's a good point. And another thing, too, is that she was like always in her room. It would have been nice to see how she interacts with like other people. It was either in her room or with doctors. Right. It was never anything else. Right. Besides the one scene with her mom in the basement where she finds the Ouija board. But that's kind of really, really early. Exactly. And then, yeah, the last flaw for me, I mean, and it's not really a flaw because you can't control it, but just how dated it is now looking at some of the like when she's panicking and whipping up and down in the bed and stuff like that like it's just (laughs) yeah that was kind of funny it was really interesting and like you laugh at it now but i'm sure when it came out in 1973 you probably like oh god what is happening like so i get it but moving over what were your favorite scenes in this movie things that did hold up for you or maybe that you enjoyed thoroughly Mm, favorite scenes or concepts or anything of the sort you go first. All right, I'll start. So my favorite thing is that the makeup work done as she gets more and more possessed was still spot on. She still looks creepy as hell. Like you watch it now and you see her face and like when her eyes are all green and it's not like green, but she looks possessed. And so it's just mm-hmm. like that still holds up. She still looks gruesome and eerie. And like I think that if you saw her in a haunted house or something, You'd, you'd freak out. Yeah, you'd be pooping yourself a little <laughs> bit. So it was really cool to see that hold up. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my favorite things is just how that developed and got worse. It was kind of cool because although like maybe creepy things or eerie things or scary things didn't progressively get bigger, but you could progressively tell how she was getting more and more possessed mm-hmm. based on how she was looking and how it was like taking over. And so that was a cool thing to be able to visualize and see. And so I know that was like a main factor for a lot of people when it first came out that gave them just straight chills. And that's why people like my mom can't ever watch scary movies again because they were so creeped out by that. 
Yeah. So just imagine kinda... your mom watching some of like new movies now though, like right. ten times worse, I bet. For sure. So my favorite scene probably would have to be it's now to the point where like you can clearly see that Reagan's body is getting taken over by something. And she like slams the door, shoves a dresser in front of the door when Sharon, I think, the babysitter, mm-hmm. um, is trying to get in there. And then the mom is with Reagan in her bedroom. She slams the door shut, even though she's by her bed. Slams the door shut, puts a dresser in front of it, and then moves the dresser towards the mom to try to attack the mom. And I don't know why that's my favorite scene, but it just seems like so, like... That was like when things were finally starting to hit the fan. Yeah, and like like you see like all the ghosty type things happening or the fact that she's starting to like try to harm people. And like you said, for that time period, it was probably freaky. You right. know, so I'm getting a little freaked out by you saying that your favorite scene is her harming people. <laughs> <laughs> well, not that, but just like how she did it or like how the scene played out. And then the other thing, a concept that um, I really enjoyed was that they tried to be logical in this movie before they went paranormal. So like first off, like it was doctors thinking there was a lesion in her head that they had to remove in order to, you know, have her to stop having these types of behaviors when they would do like spinal taps and stuff like that. And then it turned towards mental illnesses. So they like introduced a lot of things in this movie that were probably pretty new at the time in that time period um, to like bring together into the story even though that wasn't the case, that wasn't the issue, but it was cool how they like went logic before paranormal. And a lot of paranormal movies or possessive movies like this, you automatically think they're being possessed or there's a spirit in this room or blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So so for me, that was like a really cool concept to kind of bring into the movie. And I'm a big science nerd to begin with, so like I liked that element. For sure. I think that I had two scenes. They were really short scenes, but they were my favorite ones. The first one is when Father Karras goes to Regan's bedroom and he's trying to get proof in order to send it to um, the higher ups within the church to get approved for an exorcism. And he starts recording and he has this conversation with Regan and he said that he needs to catch her speaking in different tongues and all that. And it, then all of a sudden, it seems like she is once he's antagonizing her and he throws some holy water on her and she freaks out and starts speaking in different tongues. Then he goes down to the mom and talks to her and says, I threw holy water on her and she started freaking out and whatnot. And the mom's like, OK, I don't I don't see why you're telling me this. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, well, actually, it was tap water. <laughs> and like, so Clever. it was really just a show that was going on. And then he goes to listen to the tapes back because she was speaking foreign languages. And it actually wasn't foreign languages. She was speaking English backwards. Mm-hmm. And in, in within that, it sounds like there's like you can hear the conflict of multiple voices within her. And it was cool because... The, one of the voices kept bringing up Marin, Marin, and Marin is the exorcist who ends up coming to stop this demon. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I think it ties together with the very beginning is I think it is that demon that he found way back when. Mm-hmm. And so that's how they were kind of tying that together. So I thought that all of that put together was a cool scene. Yeah. 
And then my second favorite one was when Marin first shows up and Kara says, would you like to know the background of what's been going on? And he and goes, like, nope. No, he goes, uh, for what? <laughs> or something like that. Like, yeah. Or no, he said, uh, he said, why? Cause, cause he walks in and they're like, oh, father, like, we're so glad you're here. And then he hears Regan from upstairs scream a blood curdling scream of Marin. Mm-hmm. And then the, the father Karis comes up and he's like, would you like me to give you a background? And you could hear in her voice, she's possessed and messed up. Right. And he's just like, why? <laughs> like, like, I think he, he probably made the connection like he knew who this demon was at that point. Maybe, but I think it was just he heard the possession within her voice and like... Yeah. And well, and at that point, didn't he even say like something along the lines of like a demon's a demon? Like right, we just got to get rid of it. And so... It doesn't matter what the details are. And I'm sure he had heard that playback of the tapes and the proof that Father Karras had sent off to get approval. Mm-hmm. So like he's already... He's heard it all. He's seen... He's like... Yeah, you don't need to prove this to me. I believe you, or I wouldn't be here. We like just gotta get you this wouldn't, done. Have, you wouldn't have got me here if if this wasn't legit. So yeah. I just liked how like he was kind of just like the tough dude of like, uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. All right, so then moving on to my favorite segment, we are going to move on to our oh shit moments. Hold up. Nah. We got to go back home, man. Why? I pooped my pants. So, Kanan, when did you poop your pants? I pooped my pants when her head spun around, of course, because it was creepy and messed up. And Do you know owls can do that? Yeah, but owls don't look like she did. Owls. I know, but fun fact, owls can spin their head around 360. Yeah, well, she's not an owl, so that was <laughs> jacked up. And then the other part that... It wasn't really like scary poop my pants, but it was just kind of messed up is when her mom is like throwing that party and then she just comes downstairs (laughs) and she looks at the guy and says, you're going to die up there and then starts pissing on the floor. And I was just like, what? (laughs) Like, I was like, "Uh, okay then. And it just like, it was just weird. And I guess eerie in a different sense not in like a well, creeped out but it was eyes, like, like black at that point i i don't know i think her eyes were like basically normal but you could mm. just tell something was wrong and she said it in a lower voice and she was like you're gonna die up there or something and then she started pissing on the floor like immediately mm. and i was just like also it's just like even in nowadays films you're not seeing just someone just piss Peeing right there on, on the, the floor. so i was just caught off guard and like i was like whoa like okay then yeah and I've seen this one other time, like when I was younger, and I don't remember that scene. So mm-hmm. I was just like, that threw me off. But yeah, what about you? Um, Mine, I guess I kind of have two. One was when, um, so at the very end, you learn that Karis and Marin, Marin's the older Father Karis, babe. Father Karis. Sorry. Father Karis and Father Marin. Father Marin, he is the older one who has experience with exorcisms. Father Karis is the psychiatrist. And you can tell that Father Karis is getting like super in his head with the demon that's possessing Reagan. So Marin says, get out of this room. Like, you're not welcome anymore. Just don't be here. You're not helping the situation. Well, he leaves for a little bit and then 
Father Marin goes in, starts performing the exorcism or the second phase. I don't know how this works. But you just restart. Like restarted yeah. after time has passed, I guess. And then um, Father Karis goes in to just check on things, see what's going on. And then you see that Father Marin died. And that's just sad because... And then also the creepy Regan is on the bed like laughing to herself and like snickering, which was gross too. Yeah, but it was just a sad moment like because obviously learning... I mean, we don't know a lot about Father Marin, but it's perceived that he's a pretty gentle giant and like he's a good person and he does what he does because he likes what he does. I don't know, but... I think more he likes and cares for others and wants right. to be helpful. But. Yeah, so like he put himself out there. Clearly this demon, you know, he's familiar with it. Oh, he was out to get him. Yeah, and then he dies. It was just kind of sad. So that's one of them. It was just like an aw. I wouldn't say oh shit, but maybe an aw. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the other scene was when the mom, I always forget her name. Chris. Chris. She's talking to the detective about her manager or coworker Burke um di- dying and like the the police officer is assuming that, you know, Chris knows something. And turns out Chris does know something. She like you like just see that it clicks in her head that like Reagan actually killed Burke but didn't know it because it was actually the demon inside Reagan that killed Burke. Yeah. I don't know. I liked that scene. It was like an element of realization. Like, oh, shoot. It was my kid that actually killed somebody. Yeah. That was my favorite scene. Or, oh, crap moment. Oh, crap moment. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, uh, are you on our last segment or what's going on here? Oh, crap moment. So, clearly, this movie has just affected Tina so much that she's losing track of where she's going. So, I think that means it's time to sign off. So if you like what you're hearing, please let us know. If you don't like what you're hearing, let us know things that maybe you'd want to hear differently. We should mention we have gotten feedback from past episodes. And I think it's a really good idea to tell you guys what our next movie is going to be. Just so you guys can maybe watch the movie before you tune in next time. Right? So we'll prep you ahead of time for things like that. So our next movie after this podcast will likely be our first date movie, which is Orphan. So be sure to check that one out because we'll have lots of opinions on that, I'm sure, since it now spans back eight years for us. How romantic. So feel free to prep yourself with that. We'll release that episode next Saturday. But in the meantime, give us thoughts on our social media channels. Let us know what you're liking, what you want maybe to hear different or added. We always are trying to think of new segments we can incorporate. And if some hit, then we'll stick with them. And if some miss, we'll scrap those ones. So keep Mm -hmm. us posted. And as always, feel free to give us suggestions. We're always looking for new movies. So we're going to need those. And Tina, any last thoughts? I'm about to go have some cheesecake. All right. Well, this is Kanan and Tina signing off. Goodbye. Peace.